We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to the Tubs of the Club podcast, your Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. Joining us today is producer, seducer, Martin Heemstra. I'm Dallas Hammer. No Brian Marceau tonight. Had the night off with the family. Martin, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's a little smoky in Moscow. It feels weird to not be overly pissed off and angry after a vandal football loss for once absolutely and that smoke has been just wrecking me over here in spokane too i had asthma as a kid not a not a big fan of this dome sweet dome baby make sure that we can get in there get away from the smoke next week we're going to recap the indian idaho game for you guys here in just just a minute it's our instant reaction coming to you live what 20 minutes after the game finished but first a quick message from the vandal scholarship fund Drink beer with Coach Eck before the home opener football game at Tap the Keg. The University of Idaho Alumni Association invites you to an on-campus Oktoberfest September 16th. Tickets include 10 beer tastings, a commemorative glass, live music, and new memories with your favorite kinds of people, a.k.a. the Idaho Vandals. You don't want to miss this event. Check out uidaho.com slash tap the keg for tickets. You can see the website here on our YouTube if you're watching along. If you're listening, just imagine it. It's got a college-aged woman with a beer in one hand and a sausage in the other. Two of the best things in the world. Go check it out. All right. Getting into Around the Bar brought to you by Hughes River Expedition. We'll tell you about that a little bit later. So quick recap of the game. Idaho fell to Indiana 35-22 after leading at halftime 10-0. Idaho ended up with a 98-yard drive at the end of the first quarter, capped off with a one-yard touchdown pitch from Giovanni McCoy to Jordan Dwyer near the top of the second, which ended up giving Idaho that 7-0 lead. Touchdown pass to Anthony Woods later in the second was taken off of the board just a couple drives later, but Ricardo Chavez would connect on a 29-yard field goal to end that drive, putting Idaho up 10-0 at the half. But Indiana came out firing in the third quarter, forced Idaho into a three-play zero-yard drive to start the half. They followed that quickly with a touchdown, and then a safety after a mishap with a bad snap. Uh, McCoy just wasn't prepared for it, hit him in the chest, bounced back into the end zone. He ended up having to cover it up to prevent the touchdown. Indiana then went on to score a touchdown on every single drive of the second half until victory formation on their final drive. Uh, Idaho did come out with a couple touchdowns at the end there, but final score 35-22. Martin, I'm going to kick it to you first. What are your thoughts on this game, how it went? I I think it went better than I I expected. I can't remember. Double check this. It, It just felt better. It felt not as angry. It just felt a more complete Vandal game it gave me a lot of confidence going into FCS play as opposed to previous years where it's just 55, 14, 66, 76 to seven after the games like that. It just gave me confidence going into the, going into the real start to our season, as I want to put it. Absolutely. And that's one of the things, if you guys follow Theo Lawson, Theo Lawson underscore SR, on Twitter, he was the former Idaho beat reporter back in the day. He's one of us now covering Gonzaga basketball for the Spokesman Review, but tweeted today, between 2011 and 2021, Idaho's smallest margin of defeat against the Power 5 opponent was against Auburn, 56 to 34. That was 22-point loss. In the last two weeks, Idaho has lost to two Power 5 teams' combined score 
differential of 20 points. Uh, obviously, there's negatives in the fact that, you know, Idaho lost yet. Like, yes, it's a bummer. Idaho's 0-2, but this might be the best 0-2 team in the country right now, guys. Idaho took it to Indiana for that entire first half. The, yes, the wheels kind of came off, especially in the third quarter, and then the fight just never stopped at the end is the thing. Indiana obviously just kept scoring at will. They were just trying to run the clock out. They were just trying to get out of there. But Idaho did not give up, and that's so much different than last year where we saw Indiana beat uh, mostly the same team by 50 points. And so that that is the big the big takeaway here is, yes, we're going to talk about some negatives eventually, but I Idaho just lost to two different Power 5 schools and looked respectable the entire time doing it. And that's that's so much more than we've been able to say for, honestly, a really long time. So, Martin, I'm going to kick it back to you. What's kind of your positive takeaway from this? What's the best thing about this story? I think disregarding what happened in the second half, I'm most positive for me was holding a power five offense to zero points in the first half. Yes, the wheels fell off a little bit. Yes, they fell off the second half, but still to hold a power five team to zero points for a half a football game is, I think, really impressive and is going to make big sky teams more wary against playing against us absolutely agree the the stats for indiana were just not not pretty in that first half they couldn't get anything going idaho was honestly more physical than them for a lot of the game giovanni mccoy looked pretty good too it was really a it really felt like the, it ended up coming down to the, the lack of scholarships the fbs to fcs depth issue that that's what it felt like was the problem in that second half just Indiana had too many guys and Idaho just didn't, but it, it really was. And again, this is a pretty terrible Indiana team. They are two and oh, they, they technically have a conference win, which is better than they had the previous year, but they are not a particularly good team. I would be shocked if they ended up with a bowl game this year. It, Idaho hung with a bottom tier big 10 team for a half and actually looked like the better team in doing so. So uh, really nice to see that. A little bit better on the ground was my big takeaway. Uh, the the offensive line just as a whole, it felt like performed a whole lot better. Idaho uh, overall stats, 44 attempts, 126 rushing yards, only 2.9 average. But again, that's almost double what it was last week. You take out some of the sack yardage, that goes up a little bit, obviously. But it, it felt like Idaho, it just gelled a little bit more. There, it felt like there's a little bit more time for McCoy in the pocket felt like when you're not going up against a Big Ten defense, this is an this is absolutely an offense that's going to be very competitive in the big sky. So Martin, we've talked about the good things. What are the bad things here? What 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 are the, what are our negatives here to take away from real quick? I think the one negative, like the first thing that comes to mind is putting together a full a full game now. We've seen them do it for half football game against WSU and against Indiana. Now you kind of have those, that blueprint, if you will, it's time to use that blueprint to kind of put it together against a bag against a big sky and other FCS teams going forward. Absolutely. And, and you speak to kind of that, that consistency and putting it all together. Idaho started off this game very much the same way that they started the Wazoo game. First drive, three plays, one yard. Second drive, three plays, six yards. It all finally clicked on that touchdown where, again, they drove 98 yards uh, and and took off seven minutes off of the clock. It was an unbelievable drive. But 
there needs to be a little bit more consistency there. Things need to be put together a little bit better. And again, you're going up against a Big Ten team. Like, this is a very small complaint, guys. This is not saying, like, oh, Idaho really could have done better here. Like, at the end of the day, they lost by 13 to a, a Big Ten school. And yes, it's a bad Big Ten school, but it's still a, a Big Ten school. Uh, you, you look at the third quarter, it's kind of the same problem of three plays, zero yards. Then you have the safety. Then you go three plays, seven yards. The next drive is six plays, 16 yards. So you finally got a first down there, but Giovanni McCoy completed one pass in the third quarter, and it was a, a forward pitch. We we kept playing the same sweep uh, to Jordan Dwyer. It's what they scored the touchdown with uh, in the, the first half. That ended up being a, a play they just kept going back to, and it, it technically counts as a completion because it's a forward pass behind the line of scrimmage, but it, it, was, it was disheartening to see how Idaho came out of the – out of the locker room at halftime, it, it was a bit of a struggle there in Indiana. Again, just it felt like they finally woke up and decided to play. So that is something to keep in mind moving forward. There is a little bit of a consistency problem, but again, how much of that can you chalk up to Giovanni McCoy in his what third start ever against back-to-back Power Five opponents? It's just not. It's not something that you can really harp on too much when you judge the the level of competition. Now, if Idaho has the same problem against Drake next week, then, then we can talk. But right now it's, we're complaining about punching well above our weight class and, and doing it not consistently enough to pull off a giant upset. So um, Martin, anything else that, that you feel like we've missed in, in our discussion so far? Nothing I can think of. I think the other one that kind of popped out early was special teams. And I know some people might have made some comments about that, but I want to hold my breath on saying that's a negative right now just because of weather being a factor for the first half of the game. But that is probably something to keep an eye out on for future games down the line if we're competing for a potential playoff spot. Absolutely. It is a it is a very different time than the the Farquhar Cowan years and the coffee years and the Rico years and you know the 15 plus years. It feels like I mean, go back to TJ Conley even before that, like the 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 legacy of Idaho's special teams is still a work in progress this year. But to to their credit, it was pouring rain. If you didn't end up getting a chance to see the game, it was pouring rain the entire first half. And that's that's a large part of why Indiana did not score in the first half. They are a, an aired out team. The ball was wet. Ball was slippery. Their quarterback was, was really struggling even to just get a grip on the ball. Um, they ended up, when it dried out, he ended up looking a lot better. Ended up with uh, still only 16 for 29, under 200 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. But uh, Bayslack ball sack did, did look a whole lot better in the second half, you know, just simply because of the weather. And that, that is a, a large factor. You question what Idaho would have looked like if it had not been pouring rain the whole time. Uh, but you play the game the way you play the game. Like there's nothing, you can't go back and change how the weather hit. So uh, you, you take what you get. And for Idaho, it was a 10 0 start to the game until unfortunately it did dry out a little bit. Um, Martin, I have a question for you. What what did you think about Giovanni McCoy? The the stats uh, aren't super impressive. Thirteen for twenty three, uh, two hundred four yards, no interceptions this week, and three touchdowns technically. Uh, two of which came you know kind of in the fourth quarter, garbage time. Uh, Indiana was just looking to get out of there without any injuries. But uh, based off of the stat line and then what you saw on the field, what did you think of McCoy tonight? I think he showed progress with. He kind of took 
steps forward with the going from WSU to Indiana with how that game went. He looked a lot. He just looked a more complete and not making those kind of forceful passes kind of towards the end of the game, just trying to make a play. It felt more, it felt like there's more confidence in him compared to the WSU game than what we saw against Montana and some other games in the last year, but it just felt more complete and more confidence going forward. Absolutely agree that it, it was a weird game because about the start of the fourth quarter, McCoy was like six for 15. It, it was not a, it was not a pretty number. He ended, he ended on a hot streak there, but there were no egregious mistakes. There were, there were definitely times that decisions were not being made as fast as they needed to be. And you could tell, um, but that also comes with you're playing against a big 10 defense. The, like the holes that you're expecting to be able to throw into from like running the plays of practice are going to be much smaller holes because the, the, the athleticism on the defense is just at a different level. So there are, there is a much tighter window to be making some of these throws, but there were definitely times that there'd be a guy that would be enough to make a decent play. And the throw would just get out too late and it, it wouldn't, wouldn't get anywhere. Um, had a couple of those moments, especially in the third quarter when ever, just the wheels came off. Unfortunately, it was a really rough, really rough quarter there for Idaho. Uh, again, they scored on every possession of the second half. So uh, the whole second half was not great, but the third quarter is when they were actively trying in the fourth quarter. They, they absolutely just took the foot off the gas pedal. But uh, overall, again, from a, a red shirt freshman, pretty solid effort. Again, no interceptions, which was nice. Uh, definitely learned from some of those throws he probably shouldn't have made a- against Wazoo. I also thought he had a lot more time tonight, and so I could see where some some could even be disappointed in how long it took to make some of those decisions. He was not on his ass all night long. It was a much better effort from the offensive line tonight than it was uh, last week. Um, the other thing I, I did want to go over, the defense. Obviously, Indiana put up 35 points, obviously scored every single possession of the second half, not not numbers that you you necessarily want to see, but Connor Bay's like 197 yards uh, through the air. Obviously, Sean Shivers, they're running back 155 yards on 20 carries. Their uh, second running back, Josh Henderson, seven carries for 58 yards for 8.3 a carry. So they ran the ball right down Idaho's throat for most of the game, and especially in the the second half, it, that's where it felt like the just the depth wasn't there. They were able to just run the ball right down Idaho's throat and and chew off a bunch of clock they probably could have put up a lot more points if they had really wanted to but the the positive there is Bayslock did go 16 or 27 he didn't have a particularly phenomenal night completed 55 percent of his passes for a guy who completed across his career he was in the 64 range had a pretty rough night against the idaho secondary which is not something i think any of us would have expected to to hear especially last year when last year's run heavy team ended up with a 50 burger on Idaho. This team that, again, I know it was raining, but a a team that spreads the ball and throws the ball all over the yard was not able to do that as well. Anybody in the secondary that you thought stood out really well, Martin? Nobody had stood out, but I get just to me, it kind of felt like just, I guess nobody standing out is a good thing because it just meant that nobody got burned i think it was i forget which one of the McCormick brothers had the interception but still just to have nobody like from your defense being named in a bad way for getting busted on plays is 
I think a really big positive compared like, going off of last year's defensive performance. It just is a huge boom to have. Absolutely. Uh, AJ Barner, three receptions for 57 yards. His long was 43. Uh, you look at every other play, the bit, the next longest pass play was 26 yards. Then after that 18. So Idaho did do a really good job of containing those big plays that we were accustomed to seeing with the cushion of death where you make one guy miss and all of a sudden it's a 70 yard house touchdown did not happen that much tonight. Again, just the one play of 43 yards. And then there was a, a 46 yard run that, that Shivers broke, but the, the secondary getting torched uh, like we, we were accustomed to seeing for years. That's back-to-back teams that just throw the ball all over the field that couldn't get it done anywhere to the way that they're expected to get it done against the Vandals. So a, a really good look for that. Um, the, the one thing I do want to call out, uh, Jack Schneider should have started with 14. Again, I, I, I very briefly touched on it, but Anthony Woods did catch a touchdown uh, midway through the second quarter that was going to put Idaho up 14-0. to and unfortunately, Therese Trainer got flagged for uh, uh, not being on the line of scrimmage. You have to have seven players on the line of scrimmage for any play. And unfortunately, was too far off of the line. Only six guys on the line of scrimmage. Flag goes up. Easy play. The, the, the flag is on the other side of the field. Had nothing to do with the play. But unfortunately, it's one of those, those small things that happen. And Idaho did, unfortunately, have a, a couple issues with that tonight. Penalties not not particularly great. Um, I'm trying to find the official stat, but the stats don't do a great job of showing it. Uh, we're trying to find it. I can see Martin scrolling frantically as well. We're again producing in live public here, everybody. Sorry about this. Uh, but Idaho had a, a handful of things, and it's one of the things Eck talked about uh, in the uh, in the half the, the little halftime report. They didn't show it because it was on the Big Ten Network. They only showed the Big Ten coach, but the sideline reporter did say that. Eck, the, the big thing for Eck was that he wanted to clean up some of the penalties, had a handful of false starts, eight for 56 tonight for Idaho uh, penalty-wise compared to just three penalties for 25 yards for Indiana. Um, again, and a lot of it was it was the sloppy stuff. It was false start here, illegal formation here, another illegal formation here, another false start. It was just the the, the small things that you can you can clean up, absolutely, but uh, tough to tough to see those when they're when they are shooting the team in the foot over and over. But again, they're both on the road against big, big, big time opponents. Like this is, this is nitpicking at this point. If you were to tell me that Idaho was going to lose to Wazoo and Indiana by a combined twenty points, I would have probably punched you in the head because I would not have believed you at all. I do also want to give another huge shout out to the defense for not like for just the team just for also not for being a positive in the turnover differential this game. They, it was still one, but to have another game where they they are not negative with that is another huge chain turnover from last year compared to being like, I think what, like, was it like negative three or negative six? It felt like after just two games last year, it definitely was a huge, it is a huge and noticeable improvement over last year's defense. It certainly is. It's, it's one thing to, to like talk about it and like see the stats and see, Oh yeah. The, you know, love the turnover battle again. Great. But if you watch the watch the game again, I, I'm hoping if you're listening to us, you have watched the game. But if you haven't, this defense swarms to the ball. It doesn't matter if it's a a draw, if it's just a, a halfback take right up the middle, if it's a 40 yard out route. It doesn't matter what the hell the quarterback is doing, what the running back is doing. The second the ball's past the line of scrimmage, it seems like every single Vandal 
just knows exactly where the ball is and and shoots at it. And it it's incredible to see that, uh, especially when the Bresky years where it seemed like the point of defense was to be as far away from the ball as possible. So it, it is nice to see. I'm expecting in the big sky, this defense is going to force a ton of turnovers because every time, every single time that Shivers or Henderson got past the line of scrimmage, there were three linebackers on him trying to rip the ball out of his hands while two more guys came and got in and finished the tackle off. So incredible stuff there. Uh, Jack Schneider mentioning the uh, no roughing the kicker. That was a really frustrating point. Uh, it ended up, you, I can't be terribly frustrated at it. Uh, so it was a pretty questionable call. Uh, Ricardo Chavez takes a snap, drops the snap, picks it up and immediately kicks it and, and ended up with a 45 yard punt out of it, which was the best punt he had all night. It was actually cra crazy how well he, he pulled that off, but he got absolutely lit up. Uh, I mean, absolutely tackled, just run right over by the defensive lineman. They threw a flag for five yards running into the kicker. They didn't call it roughing. I don't know what you have to do to call it roughing. Again, I've never seen a punter completely tackled, especially in, in air. He has got both legs kind of up in the air and just flat-backed. Uh, the officials on the uh, on the TV broadcast said that it was because it wasn't in his plant leg, but it was still a pretty rough look, especially home cooking for, for the Big 12 or Big 10 there. It, it really it felt like had that gone the other way around, uh, the Indiana crowd, what little of it was still there, would have torn somebody's head off had that happened to their punter. But uh, Martin, what did you think of that? That was probably the most egregious I, call I've ever seen. Oh yeah, no, I was I I don't know I don't know a whole lot, but from our hashtag only tubs uh, game thread, it definitely there was a lot of people that were rightfully angry about the game and how. And not the game that play and why it wasn't a roughing the kicker and an automatic first down for Idaho. Yeah, you you see that in realistically any other circumstance uh, or any team, any game that's not on the Big Twelve network, or excuse me, the Big Ten network. Uh, sorry, Big Ten having fourteen teams throws my brain off all the time. Big Twelve, ten teams, it, it just numbers make my head hurt. Uh, you see that on like ABC or Fox or even CBS Sports Network. And there's probably a little bit more stink of it. It probably goes a little bit more viral of punter gets tackled and nothing happens. Uh, but at the end of the day, it didn't make a terrible impact on the game, especially because the, the result of the play was still a 45-yard punt, which was considerably better than we probably could have hoped for from the first few punts. They were not not great. Uh, Chavez averaged 35 yards a punt. Um with one of those being closer to 17 yards, uh, just a, a, a rough, again, rough showing from the special teams unit tonight. But at the same time, it's pouring rain. You're in a, a state on the other side of the country. It's a full road game. There's probably 10 vandals there. Like it, it you're going to have that happen against large schools when you're on the road, when you're getting paid over a million dollars to go lose that game. Like it, it just happens. It is what it is. So, uh, Martin, we're, we're about 25 minutes in, you know, give or take a minute or two. Um, how about uh, how about we give Colin Hughes a, a shout out? Sure. If you're looking for an all 
The great all-inclusive week-long vacation. Don't look past your own backyard. Venture into the largest, a largest protected wilderness in the continental United States, located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi multi-day trip down the middle fork of the salmon, the main salmon river of no return, the salmon river canyons, or the Selway, and you can even check out. Trips to like like the one to see the per said meteor shower camp on pristine beaches run amazing wa- run amazing white water hike scenic trails spot wildlife soak in the beautiful natural hot springs taking the history along the river and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the country you just you just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest Hughes River Expedi- Expedition has been vandalized and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on a vacation of a lifetime what do you what are you waiting to f- for, waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Fantastic. Thank you, Martin. And thank you, Colin. We appreciate you. Uh, just to kind of to brush up uh, on the last little things here, uh, looking at Idaho's rushing stats again, we mentioned 44 yards for 126, excuse me, 44 carries for 126 yards. It's late, guys. Uh, Roshan Johnson did lead the team in carries 16 this time, uh, 63 total yards, average 3.9 to carry. Uh, Anthony Woods, still probably the most explosive of the running backs, 12 carries for 50 yards, 4.2 yards a carry. Uh, going to be really interesting to see what's kind of what's going to kind of happen here. Uh, Ormani Arnold got a couple carries at the very start of the game. Uh, almost felt like when Idaho couldn't get anything going, he got a couple carries, just two carries for seven yards, but. Uh, he got in there and then for the most part, the running game was just Johnson and Woods. McCoy had a couple scrambles here and there, uh, receiving Michael Graves ended up breaking off a 71 yard touchdown. Really great move, uh, caught essentially a, what amounted to a screen pass and just slipped right out of the tackle and was gone 70 yards. Um, so offensively again, a little bit better showing than, than Wazoo last week, uh, defense. We said again, really nice things. Obviously the second half didn't quite go as expected, but. Again, held Indiana to a bunch of bunch less points than they did last time. Uh, Martin, we're zero two now. Uh, obviously, headed into to Drake next weekend. Uh, the terrifying Drake football team. Uh, how should Idaho fans be feeling right now? I know it's zero two, but it's zero two in the body bag games. You expect to lose those. On the general, how should we be feeling right now? Um, I almost want to go back to my Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows outlook from the past, but I think there's enough from, I think there's from what I've seen from the two, from WSU and Indiana, I think there's enough to be enough to be positive about and look forward to in the Drake game. Now, will there probably be some surprises we haven't seen yet from the Drake in the Drake game? Absolutely. I don't think they've been, I don't want to say Eck and company have been hundred percent honest, but I feel I just have some inkling in the back of my head. that just gives me feeling there's going to be some surprises that they're going to, they did held back for us for FCS play. It's, I just think I, they're going to be positive. That's just the, I think it's going to be, people should have a positive outlook going forward. Don't be negative on an Owen. Don't be negative on your Owen to Idaho football team. That is something that I didn't bring up and I probably should have. Uh, the trickeration uh, is definitely starting to be an X staple. Uh, when we talked about Eck right after he got hired and we were looking at South Dakota State plays and talking about some of their famous trick plays, uh, we saw a couple of them tonight. Uh, one actually ended up being maybe the worst pass I've ever seen that ended in a great result. 
Um, Roshan attempted to throw what seemed like a pass, um, but essentially it was like a fumble that shot straight up into the air, went maybe 15 yards and was nowhere near the receiver. But luckily, the special teamer for Indiana tackled, uh, I believe it was Connor Whitney on the uh, on the play, uh, just straight tackled him, just didn't even attempt to go for the ball, didn't attempt to do anything, and just completely wiped him out. Um, so extended the drive for Idaho in a, in a great play. Uh, then on the two-point conversion later in the, the fourth quarter, uh, there was a snap to, I believe it was Roshan again, uh, tried throwing over to... Uh, Giovanni, that that play got blown up immediately. But again, nice little trickeration there. There's even a point where they did the old uh, uh, the longest yard move, where you walk up and you pretend like you're, you're you're calling the play, and then you just turn and you start walking away. And they snapped it directly to again Roshan. Uh, that was the that was that weird pass thing. It was just a bunch of weirdness tonight out of Eck. So I I do have a feeling that Martin is right. We're going to see a bunch of bunch of this continuing probably every week it's probably going to be a little bit more successful against especially against a team like drake um we're in the chat here uh jalen drake saying drake about to get destroyed honestly go idaho like it really it really is it is feeling like this is a great year to be a vandal guys i know that it's zero and two and We've had our plenty of our share of those seasons. And if you just looked on the outside, it's like, hey, okay, they're losing closer games, but they're still losing the games. Like You're expected to lose these. You've got to remember that this is a different team, guys. This is, this is, this is the year. I am the most negative person that any of you probably listen to on a regular basis. I can find the darkness in just about anything. And holy shit, this Idaho team is for real. I, I have converted... This team is for real. I do. I feel like this is a team that's competing for a playoff spot. This this is going to be a pretty interesting next couple of weeks here when Idaho is going to go out and absolutely destroy Drake next weekend. So uh, Jack Schneider saying, wasn't a fan of the two-point conversion, could have got our QB killed. That is the one thing there that was a little nerve-wracking. If, if it weren't the middle of the fourth quarter when Indiana already had the game well put away, that was absolutely a hospital pass situation. That would have put Giovanni in pretty bad shape had that happened, especially at like Wazoo. Had that happened at Wazoo, that would have been really bad. But again, fourth quarter, game's over. You're just trying stuff out at this point. It, it is what it is, but not a not a, not a situation you want to keep getting a guy into because we've seen what quarterback injuries are like here. Uh, once one happens, the next three guys go down without a without a prayer uh, that you're going to keep anybody healthy. And then you're bringing in a safety for that used to play running back that now plays quarterback and then running back and then receiver. And we haven't really seen a whole lot of Zach Borsch this year is what I'm getting at. But uh, I think, I think the, there's been only a sliver of the offense that has been shown. I know I'm rambling a bunch here, but I think Martin is very correct. This is, I don't think we've seen quite everything we're going to from Idaho. I could see a lot of, a lot of just weird stuff happening next week. I could see Eck having treating this as okay. These two games are over. We got paid. Season starts now. Go Vandals. I, I could see just nuking those two games and starting with a completely different lineup, completely different set of plays, completely different formations. Who knows what's going to happen? But it feels like it feels like there's just so much we haven't seen, and that's a really weird feeling to have because if you're listening to this, you've probably grown accustomed to the 
run up the middle, run up the middle, seven yard out on a third and nine, like the offense that Idaho had just committed to in the Paul Petrino days. feels like that's gone, guys. It feels like this is a team that is going to be creative, going to outcoach people. It, it Honestly, for the first half of that game, it felt like Eck was a better coach than, than Tom Allen. And I know I've talked about Tom Allen's going to get fired over there anyways, but I'm still talking about a Big Ten coach. So uh, lots of lots of good things to take away from. Again, the message here, guys, be fucking excited about this. This is awesome. This year is going to be so much fun. Jalen dropping in in the chat. I'm excited for this new Idaho team. Something special is happening. This year is going to be fun. Like This year is going to be a blast. If you're listening to this and you do not have plans to get down to the Kibbe Dome next weekend, shame on you. Shame on your family. You should be there for the Drake game. Yes, none of us know where Drake is on a map, but those guys are going down, and they're going down hard. Anything else, Martin? Buy your tickets for this game. It's There's definitely some like, – there is definitely – some like a lot of stuff going on and you guys all need to be here to see it not just hear us preach the good word of what Ack and company are doing at idaho right now certainly uh next week i will be gone i am not going to be here for our tuesday breakdown show against the drake whatever they are i don't even remember their mascot it's late i'm sorry it's drake bulldogs i'm not sure something like that great drake bulldogs i was going to go with drake mediocre rappers but that works too uh (laughs) So it's going to be Martin. It's going to be Brian. We might have a third guest. Who knows? They'll break everything down for you starting next week when we hope to see the Vandals get their first win of the season in the Kibbe Dome. But until then, I'll let the Picasso of Outros play us out. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals.